major media outlet that whenever you hear the word cabal or or a World Economic Forum or G20 or any of those terms, you are immediately compelled to, because you've been brainwashed, to say conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. Because as, as I stated to you earlier, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will be one of the most hated men in the world if he should ever attain to the platform of being able to speak in the Democratic Party, because he knows it all. And he's been telling you this for many, many years and so many others. But here now, the IRS agents have laid out that the Biden family, deep connections with China, deep connections with Ukraine, Romania. And I can imagine Putin just laughing at the American people because of how ignorant and naive and duped they are to actually believe somehow that Biden is a good man with so much, so much evidence that him and his family, to the tune of 12 persons, now they're starting to say it's at least 12 persons in their family, not only Hunter Biden, but others as well, who have engaged in money laundering by, by gathering money as a kind of thuggish uh, politician, as uh, senator of, of whatever state he was, uh, that is Biden, and then in his role as vice president, because he's been doing this for a long time. These nations, China, Ukraine, Romania, or Russia, they must be just appalled at the naivete of American people to have bought into the lie of American politics, asserting that our politics is fair and right and good and up, uh, upstanding, if you will. And all along, they've known the criminal element in our government. Now you'll say, Pastor, now I know, I know you, we've all known that there's a lot of criminal activity. We've all known that, you know, most of them for the most part are greedy dogs that are in this for money. We've all known that, but we don't act like it. In other words, we don't hold our politicians accountable for their conduct. We don't hold them accountable at the local level. We don't hold them accountable at the legislative level. We certainly don't hold them accountable at the executive level, because once they reach the executive branch, they become populist sort of uh, uh, ideologue, uh, if you will, uh, uh, representations of our culture. They become uh, extensions of the left or extensions of the right. And so we are easily hoodwinked by their presentation, by their appearance, by their power, by their lure. For instance, Obama was an absolute diabolical deception to many African-Americans. And many of them know that now. This is why so many African-Americans are pulling away from the Democratic Party, because they know they have been duped buying into the notion that ethnicity, melanin, is the way to vote. No, if you're a child of God, melanin is the furthest thing away from what you should be using as a criterion for de determining your president and, and judging whether or not your president is worthy of the office. Neither is age a worthy consideration, nor being 50 years in the Senate a worthy uh, consideration. Biden has been in politics long enough to know how to pull all the coattails and 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 and, and pull all of the shirt strings of uh, people who are in business and and in power. And uh, I, I would assert now that I'm digging deeper into just inadvertently understanding more and more about the Biden family, this is a blessing to you and me because it will come out just like it did with the Clintons. 
I mean, the fiasco of the Clintons was absolutely a, an escapade, an avalanche of all kind of data, data and information that came out when the uh, media was somewhat quasi-fair in its assessment and in its responsibility to get at the truth. Today, it's completely captivated and sold out. It is nothing but a neo-pravda um, orifice of lies. That's all your media is. And so if you don't, if you don't pay attention to the whistleblowers, um, there's nothing you can do as a nation when whistleblowers coming out of the very systems that we are challenging and trying to hold accountable for integrity and fairness and justice. When they come out and say, we've got so much data on the president, but we're being held back by the DOJ, we're being held back by the FBI, we're being held back by the CIA, and obviously we're being held back by many of the politicians, and I would assert even many people in the Republican Party. I would assert that. When I come back, I'm going to read a portion of scripture, and then I'm going to talk to you about a few more reflections in relationship to where America is and where you and I are and what you and I need to be doing on an individual per capita basis to, uh, to make sure that we are right with God so that we don't go to hell with the multitude. Remember what the scripture says? You shall not follow a multitude to do evil. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. The number one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. A whole lot more after this commercial break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. The time is five twenty one on the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Why I am somewhat stirred about telling you things that we already know, and I mean there are a number of fundamental discoveries coming out that we already know. It's because I'm thinking about how the world is looking upon us. I really am. I'm thinking about how, um, again, China, how Africa, how Russia how the um, maybe the healthy parts of the UK are looking at us, if we have any. I, I don't say that out of any insecurity. I'm just simply saying, you know, it's a whole lot easier for people on the outside of your circle to see you for what you are um, when, when you can't see the forest for the trees. And I am absolutely positive that the president of China knows what kind of criminal the Biden family is, that the president of Russia knows what kind of criminal the Bidens are, that the uh, president of uh, Canada and others. And uh, I have been enjoying a litany of uh, presentations from our African brothers in Uganda and Kenya. And I'm going to be talking about the um, the uh, policy that Uganda has uh, implemented concerning homosexuality. I'm going to give you the, the fundamentals on it. And I would encourage you to, um, to research uh, what their views are and hear it from their mouth, not the mouth of your twisted, perverted legacy media here in America, because they won't get it right for any reason whatsoever. Everything that comes out of their mouth is called calculated politics. It's prevarications. It's nothing but lies. But when you listen to the Ugandans, when you listen to the Kenyans explain their understanding, perception, and their analysis of the growing trend of homosexuality, uh, transgenderism, queer, and all that, it will quickly remind you of what we used to believe 
in this country many years ago around the facts of moral ethical propriety, around the facts of science explicitly and empirically set forth as a grounds of evidence for as either a thing being uh, a consequence of nature or a consequence of nurture. I'm absolutely pleased that my African brothers are thinking well and are able to adduce sound conclusions that that are far more committed to biblical truth than is my own nation. Uh, my own nation, and it's sad because when you listen to the Ugandans, you listen to the Ethiopians, you listen to the Rwandans, you listen to the Kenyans. You know what they say about America? America has lost its mind. And then they say America is a bunch of bullies going around the world trying to force their immorality on everybody else. You can keep your morality to yourself, says my beautiful African brothers who have a healthy worldview rooted in its commitment to consistent moral ethical principles, including that of scripture. Just uh, over the last three or four or five days, I've just allowed my soul to just be... Uh, if you will, absorbed into their meetings, their presentations, their, their conferences that they've been holding over the last several years, trying to figure out why it is that uh, the World Health Organization has been so thuggish and so brutal and trying to force on them a jab, which, by the way, the vast majority of them rejected because they were appalled at how thuggish and how criminal the World Health Organization, along with Big Pharma, largely Pfizer, but Moderna as well, and AstraZeneca, along with our nation, about what we need to do in order to submit to their mandates. Uh, it, was a, it was a direct put-off to those nations. And what I'm discovering as I'm listening to them talk, they're talking about how America plays down Africa, disrespects the leadership there, um, pushes them away, uh, views them as uh, irrelevant, insignificant, and non-contributory as part of the United Nations. No wonder they are moving away from the West. No wonder they are creating allegiances with China and Russia and others. And your mainstream media wants to make you believe that the only evil in the world is in China and in Russia. What a playbook of deception a binary deception at that, a fallacious argument on a genetic level as well as on a larger historical level of causing you to think China bad, Russia bad, America good, when in fact of matter, the corruption is across the board and in some ways much more significantly present in our own nation. We are a laughingstock to those other major powers. And the Bidens are a sign and wonder to the Chinese, to the Ukrainians, to the Romanians, to the Russians, because they're all, they all know that they are operating out of criminal organizations. They do. Now, I'm hoping that I'm talking to a handful of people who are not still asleep on the blue pill, but have awakened to the reality that, yes, as many as honest, good brokering Americans have tried to let us know how absolutely bankrupt spiritually, morally, and criminally our 
judicial system is, our executive branch, and significant portions of our legislative branch as well. The uniparty system of wicked, hypocritical, leftist, and rightist, um, it's so toxically real that when you get a real whiff of it, you realize that we are in trouble as an American people. If it wasn't for the fact that God is on his throne, we believe in the sovereignty of God. We know the stability, the stabilizing factor of our nation and our world is God himself. He upholds everything by the word of his power. He controls the good and the evil. And he lets us know that the wicked will not prosper always. He lets us know that. He knows, he lets us know there's a season for the wicked to prosper. They grow and they spread like a green bay tree. And in a moment, they are cut down and go away. They grow like the grass of the field, and tomorrow they are cut down and cast into the fire. And this is what every true believer needs to know. You should never, ever be controlled by mere power, but truth. Never, ever be manipulated by the corrupt powers of entertainment, fashion, fashion, or media outlets, or the majority. Never be dominated by them. If you really want to have your soul washed, and some really good presentations, just email me at GBC, Girl Boy Cat, GBC Hayward, Hayward, H-A-Y-W-A-R-D, at gmail.com, GBC Hayward at, at gmail.com, and I will allow your, your heart to be filled with good men and women who are thinking well on the African continent and who have recognized that they are not any longer going to uh, be viewed as second-class citizens. See, it was a day when America was the only harlot in town, spreading her wares, her treasures, her goods, her sorceries, her abominations, and it was as if everybody had to buy it. This is what we call historic colonialism and imperialism. There's no doubt about it. But there are all kind of other kids on the block now playing the same games, i.e. Russia, China, and, uh, and, and others, and they are creating their own allegiances and about to break away from the dollar, and, and America is going to be in a world of trouble simply because of its own hubris, its own wickedness, its own intolerable uh, immorality, and God always says, what goes up must come down, and that's what's happening to America as you and I speak. Uh, I will be speaking to you again about the policies of the Ugandans, and, and you and I can talk about how that should be somehow understood and applied in our present generation. I will be telling you that you want to get a hold of Senator Ted Cruz's podcast. It's called Verdict, V-E-R-D-I-C-T, Ted Cruz's podcast called Verdict, because he lays out him and his guests lay out very clearly what's going on with the Biden family and all of the explicit data that uh, that is coming out in the Senate hearings now because of these two IRS whistleblowers. Look at God. Look at God. He already told you that evil will not always prevail. What is done in the dark will be brought to the light. What is spoken in the house will be declared on the housetop. This is why you and I never want to be, be followers of a multitude to do evil. Never. It's much better to stand with God in righteousness, obedience, humility, submission, and truth. Much better. It's much better to have a little with peace than a stalled ox with contention and strife there. It's much better to have the blessings of grace with a few 
than the curse of the wicked with the multitude. You won't ever get away with that. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline, one 367 5329 By the way, scientists who have been called to the carpet by the GOP, GOP in their subcommittee hearings have confessed that they lied about the COVID leak to cover Fauci. Nothing new here. Everything we've told you about this diabolical bioweapon is true. Everything we told you is true. And it's coming out now. It's going to be up to the American people as to whether or not they're going to wake up and start doing the right thing with our local uh, governments and in our federal government. And I can tell you now, the global cabal, the, uh, the deep administrative state, the people that are exercising power as a, a group agenda around the world are banking on Americans staying as stupid as they have been for decades now. Never waking up because we are just like Aldous uh, uh, um, Huxley's Brave New World, just, just inebriated by entertainment and are asleep through pleasure, not having a love for the truth. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gist. There's more to talk about on this Monday edition. one 367 one We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time is 5.36 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Before I move on in my um, opening the phone lines and talking to you about the topics so far, I want to read a portion of Isaiah chapter 3. It's so prophetically clear that it really doesn't need commentary. I'm going to be reading Isaiah 3, verses 1 through verse 9. Uh, and verse 10 is just well as, as, as well. Maybe verse 12, I should, I should do that. I'll let it speak for itself and tell me, is this not where you and I are? For behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, doth take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. For people that don't know their Bibles, that means God is going to bring them into economic problems. When your bread and your water is taken from you, you're suffering economically. All right, verse two. The mighty man and the man of war, God's going to take them away. This is what we call the takeaway principle at grace. When you obey God, he adds to you. He increases you. He blesses you. When you disobey God, he takes away from you. He diminishes you. He shrinks you. He causes you to become insignificant in order that you might call upon him unless you're reprobate. Notice what he says, the mighty man and the man of war, the judge, the prophet, the prudent man, and the ancient. God takes all that away. In other words, when he takes away the mighty man, that means you don't have men that are strong, men who are courageous, men who are bold, men who are willing to stand for what is right. When he takes away the mighty man, all you have are compromisers, all you have are criminals, all you have are cowards. When he takes away the judges, as appears to be the case for us, this is verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 3, when he takes away the judges, when he takes away the judges, then there's no justice. That's what the DOJ is proving to us. And the prophets, when they take away the prophet, that means there are no preachers in the church standing up telling the world and its government and its leaders like John the Baptist, like the Lord Jesus, like Jeremiah, like Ezekiel, like Hosea, like, uh, uh, like Amos, like Moses and others. If you'll notice the Bible, 
always addresses the wickedness of leaders through the prophetic word. When the prophetic word is taken away, that means God is bringing judgment on the nation. And when he takes away the prudent man and the ancient man, those are those who know the history, who know the times, who have the ability to make right decisions for the welfare of the country. Whether that right decision is telling us that we need to seek God's face and repent of our evil ways and ask the Lord to cleanse us and purge us and then to restore that which we have taken and, and establish a ground of righteousness. In other words, like the prophet said, we need to sow in righteousness so we can reap in mercy. This is what the statesmen need to be saying. This is what the preacher needs to be saying, but you're not hearing it by and large because like Isaiah puts it, they have all from the top to the bottom bought into pleasure bought into narcissism, bought into self-consumption, bought into materialism. The text goes on to say the captain of 50 and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer. This is absolutely astounding. I talked about this on this program about seven or eight years ago. When God takes away wisdom, he also takes away the arts. The, the artificer, the cunning artificer, is the man or the woman or the group of people who actually from a heart of revelation and fullness and joy know how to create things in a way that brings honor to God and blessing to men. Today, you and I are looking at dystopian art. You and I are looking at distorted art. We're looking at perverted art. We're looking at the diminished mentality and mindset of artists today who are given over to nothing but Baal Peor. And I told you what that is. Baal Peor is simply diving deep into the shaft of perversion and giving yourself over to nothing but carnal pornea and, and, and fantasy around carnal pornea. This is how the children of Israel were assaulted by uh, Balaam. Uh, in the days when they're about to cross over to the promised land and, and Balak hired him and ultimately Israel succumbed to its own perverse ways, sleeping with the harlots of the Moabites. And this is where we are in our country today. There's no doubt about it. The text goes on to say, I will give children to be their princes. In other words, as I've told you before, when you don't have mature, developed, skilled, prepared men and women who are sound in their science, committed to reality, deeply rooted in the principles of religion, you're going to have a bunch of children running your nation. I don't even know what to call our leaders today who are operating in the realm of the executive administrative <coughs> office. I don't know if I, I would call them children. If so, I think that they have autoimmune deficiencies. I think that they are suffering from mental disorder. I think ADHD and OCD and other pathologies have so dominated them that um, one is surprised that they even made it to those ranks. But this is what God said he would do. Give us over to children. Uh, children will be their oppressors and women shall rule over them. And the people shall be oppressed on every side and everyone uh, oppressed by his neighbor. The child shall behave himself proudly, I should say. When you're giving over to, to brainwashing your children into being nothing but a sex object as the fundamental identity of their personhood at three to five years old, why shouldn't they behave proudly against you? Because whereas you should be the parent, granting them wisdom, granting them understanding, granting them discipline, 
preparing them for this difficult world, you are vicariously living out your lustful, childish uh, pleasures through their perverse escapades, the children that don't even know any better. It goes on to say, I'll drop down to verse 9, the show of their continence witness against them, they declare their sin as Sodom. They declare their sin as Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe unto their soul. They have rewarded evil to themselves. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat of the fruit of their doings. Woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. We've been warning you for decades that you can't turn God's word upside down, start implementing your own rules, and expect God to bless you. I've been telling this generation for so long, particularly in the church, you can't erase the biblical truth with great clarity that women are never called to be pastors over a church. You, you can't have uh, immoral and unprincipled men in positions of leadership in the office of pastor, elder, or deacon. They must be qualified. They must rule their households as well. It must be a heterosexual household. The children must be under sound governance. If they can't rule their own household, how can they rule the church of God? But just as it is in the government with the Biden family being such a fiasco around the world, so it is in the church with the vast majority of leaders are absolutely corrupt. This is why we got women pastors and now homosexuals, and there certainly will be in the evangelical church over the next three or four years before America is completely decimated from the outside. There will certainly be transgenders occupying the pulpit. I guarantee you that because the word of the Lord is slack and his truth is not done. It's it's, the truth has fallen in the street. There's none that, that seeks after God. As Jeremiah says, the prophets prophesy lies. The priests bear rule by their own means, and the people love to have it so. We've been playing church for so long, thinking that God has smiled on us and said, yes, but I, the prophet said it in Psalms 50, somewhere around verse 14. God looked upon us and said, just because I kept silent, you thought I was altogether like unto you, but I will reprove you and set things in order. This is what God is doing right now with our nation. He's giving us over to our own doings. And we haven't even begun to seriously experience the consequences of our wickedness. What do I say about it? We need to repent. Yesterday, last week, many years ago, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll go to the phone lines after this. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is five fifty on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go. Let's see. That might be line number one and talk with Leslie from San Francisco for a moment. Leslie, are you there? Yes, I am. How are the classes going? How are the meetings going? Oh, that's great. We've got uh, two candidates that have filed and like five are in the pipeline. And the two candidates that are that are um, moving forward are seeking to occupy what position? Uh, City Council of Oakland and uh, I think it's Rec and Park in the Oakland area as well. 
That's great. And so what are we getting in terms of people being interested in coming out to the um, to the lectures presentation and, and, and helps on um, on the days you guys are assigning to come out to the um, library? Oh, we're getting people that are interested in potentially becoming a candidate or they want to support a candidate, which is very important because all these candidates need a lot of support. Absolutely. We need both. Um, are we doing, are you guys doing okay getting the word out and, uh, and getting people interested just in having conversations about what is needed to be done in the Bay Area in terms of getting good men and women who are um, constitutionally uh, bound to, to, to help, help our republic? Are you getting, uh, do you guys feel like y'all making some traction with that activity? Yeah, we're getting more momentum and of course we're asking everyone to tell their friends and family to, to, to reach out. You know, this is discussing earlier in the hour about the corruption and the lack of integrity in a lot of the elected officials. And the way to solve that is we all have to get more involved because voting alone is not enough at this time. Yeah, well, we do want to vote, but we want to be able to vote for people that actually are representative of what we know and believe has to be the way for us to preserve our freedoms and our rights and then to move in a direction of a moral and ethically healthy and prosperous nation. Uh, and like you said, that means getting involved. Um, when When is the next meeting? The next meeting is this Thursday, that's uh, July 24th. I'm where's sorry, it July at? 27th. Yeah, the 27th. Where's at, it at? At Union, uh, the Union City Public Library. Mm-hmm. Union City Public and, Library, and it's going to be uh, sponsored by. So you can give us that information. Yeah, we are. We are basically where where our organization is Star Search. Right. And the address of the library is three four zero zero seven. Mm-hmm. Alvarado Niles Road. Right, that's Union City. Yes. And um, and and who who's helping with that? Are you helping? Or is Tom helping? Yeah, it's uh, Tom Wong and myself. Okay. And if they wanted to get a hold of Tom, can can you give the, his information too before I let you go, Leslie? Yes, it's uh, Tom Wong. T O M W O N G U S A at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Tom Wong, USA at gmail.com, right? Correct. Yep, Tom Wong at you at uh, Tom Wong USA, uh, Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. If you guys are interested, I know you're listening. We got thousands of people that listen and um, you want to do something, you may want to do something further away from where we are because we know you're all over the place listening. Give Tom a, a, a holler over at his email and uh, see what we can do to help you guys wherever you are. Do the same thing um, for people who have the time and have the resources. Um, it, maybe God is calling you to get involved at the political level so we can make some change. I'll tell you, that is what our African countries are doing uh, that is what a number of countries that are waking up to this bad policy that has permeated our society for now some 60 years. I'm talking about this neo-Marxist cultural sort of fascism with a woke social, adjust- a social justice agenda that really is deconstructing 
what we all know to be a healthy biblical worldview when it comes to uh, heterosexuality, when it comes to family, when it comes to children, when it comes to a work ethic, uh, meritocracy, when it comes to um, the fundamentals of loving God and loving your neighbor. All of these things have been uh, incrementally eroded by horribly bad policy, particularly on the left. But unfortunately, we've got a uniparty that is seeking to stop good men and women from um, from getting in and doing something about it. So if you're interested, Tom Wong USA at gmail.com. Give him uh, give him a, a holler and uh, and get involved. And once again, I'll try to remember it as well somewhere before um, we finish our program, Leslie, that there will be a gathering at the public library in in. Um, in Union City, the library is at 34007. Oh, 3, um, this is, I forgot my- uh, Alvarado. Oh, Alvarado. Yeah, Alvarado Road. You guys know that there's an exit there off of uh, 880 that you can find it off of Alvarado Road. And the library is the Union Club Public Library? Uh, Union City Public Library. Union City Public Library. All right, thank you, Leslie. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right, let me see here. Let me go to line number two. No, line number three, and I'll talk with Adi for a moment. Adi, are you there? Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm good. What's your question or thoughts, young lady? Um, so I remember your sermon from yesterday, and you were talking about hybrid Christians, which was really interesting because I'm noticing how much God has blessed us with in America and trying not to get caught up in, like you talk about materialism and things of that nature. And you also correlated that with tattoos. So I wanted to understand um, what is a hybrid Christian and how can we live properly biblically? And are tattoos wrong? Because I've heard multiple people say that they're not wrong if you do it biblically. Yeah, I know. I've heard that many, many times. The, the, there's a lot to be said about the issue of, let's say, tattoos. Um, tattoos are an arbitrary expression that really is largely about kind of wanting to be noticed. There's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. There's no way that you're putting tattoos on your body um, without it being some kind of psychological need. Without, We know it's done in fads. We know that. But once again, these fads have deeper sociological pathologies behind them. There's, there's no doubt about it. And uh, in our African culture, when they used to do it, or in our Native American culture, as you know as well, Adi, uh, which many of us are kind of a, 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 you know, a mix of that on a genetic yeah. and genealogical level. We were doing that in, uh, in relationship to our ancestors and pagan gods. There's no doubt about that. Those right. were the origins and the roots then. So, um, and, and that is not speaking to, to um, I'm not speaking there in terms of malevolence or like an evil intention. That was just what they were doing culturally. And today, it is fundamentally the same thing. So what you get is a billboard with your, with your tattoos. In all honesty, you're getting simply a billboard. And yes, uh, people will say, and young people will, I mean, you're not going to go to hell for it. You know grace. But I do say that when you and I are engaging in those kind of, um, they're called exhibitionalist activities. Exhibitionalism is when we are really uh, giving an opportunity to kind of put ourselves out there for us, for people to see us. 
And what I have learned over the years is that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Like a person will say, I'm only going to get one tattoo. The next thing you know, you've got five, you've got 10. I'm only going right. to do it in discrete areas of my body. The next thing you know it, you got it on your neck and on your hands and on your back and on your belly uh, and on your tail. And, you know, we can go even more explicitly with that. And, you know, the, it becomes an evidence of a lack of control uh, and a lack of sensibility. I really appreciate you because, you know, I love all the young people. You know that, you know, I know you know that. And um, I don't, I, I don't see it as spiritually mature. Um, but it's, I, I just set that out as a warning because what I know is that a lot of things we're doing, we're doing not from any kind of biblical affirm, affirmative position. Often we're trying to find the great areas of scripture to live in. And you know that's true. If the Bible doesn't explicitly say it's wrong, then I can do it. Well, the Bible will leave a lot of room for us to get into all kinds of trouble. I mean, I can go down the list because, you know, I was one, I was young like 100 years ago. And I remember the days when we would talk about well, you know, it ain't nothing smoke, ain't nothing wrong with smoking weed. I mean, there's where the Bible verse says, thou shalt not smoke weed. Okay. So now we know that's what is called a rhetorical fallacy. And that's only because there's so many different things: cocaine, methamphetamine, crank, acid, mushrooms. I mean, because you know, mushrooms are like big today. Sibosolum is so, like super big. I mean, we can go through the whole gamut. Okay, I could talk to you and you already know. Like a young, a lot of young people know that the plethora of um, gateway activity into a dimension of, I just want to say, selfish uh, narcissism that many of us have learned over the years really do not help us get closer to God. Um, okay, let's say that it's in a great area of no explicit Bible verses. I can live with that. My kids got tattoos. They 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 have felt like they're free now. They're grown. They are. They can do what they want to do. I don't I don't particularly care. It just appears to me, just like you you would be one of my daughters, almost a granddaughter. Uh, it just appears to me that you guys are suffering from your culture, and and uh, and need to express yourself in those terms. And I mean, we could talk at length about if there were a particular kind of job that were available for you to prosper and succeed in, you would know that if you had put an inappropriate tattoo on your forearm or on your neck, that you would try to find clothes that would cover that up. Is that true? Yep. I have one that I actually want to cover up. Right. So again, you know I'm not coming from a place of condemnation, right? Not at all. I know. Right. I know you do, but I, I just want to, you know, people get mad. Mamas get mad. Daddies get mad because I'm talking about their children. I'm really talking about the parents, too. I'm really talking about all of us really trying to figure out, because you know what I was driving home yesterday in the sermon was simply that when we do get a grip on who God is in our life, you know, we are to glorify God in our bodies, which are his. That was the essence of that portion of the text. I know you got that. Um, and yes. so there are a lot of things that we have to undo when 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 Christ is revealed to us more fully. I, that's where you are. God is really dealing with you. Um, there are some things we just won't be able to undo, and we're just going to have to say, hey, this is part of my B.C. era, <laughs> before Christ era. I have to let you know. 
Uh, fortunately, right. we are in between grace and glory. Fortunately, we are straddling righteousness and sinfulness, and it becomes a gospel conversation. I know you get that. That's how we redeem our behavior that doesn't really glorify God. But what we don't ever want to do is justify it without scriptural grounds in that regard. So you guys will have to do what many of us had to do when we were younger and made stupid mistakes for which we cannot reverse them is simply acknowledge, ah, I'm not so sure I want to recommend getting tattoos. I don't know how you can really justify it scripturally. You can have a conversation. You can start something. You can, you can, um, you can motivate people to, to hear you. I know we'll get, we'll get to the break. You can fix that. Um, you can get people to motivate, be motivated to hear you without necessarily using tattoos, but Hey, you keep going, young lady. You're going to be all right. I got to take a hard break. This was a great, great question. Thank you for calling. God bless you. We got to take a break, you guys. Two lines open, one 367 5329 I'm going to pay a bunch of bills, and then I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. Dr. James Dobson, he's so right about that. Just pay your dues. You know, you'll have some... Uh, You'll have some bumps here and there with your young young, young kids. Um, but uh, when they're done uh, figuring out how to submit themselves to God and, uh, and getting in a place where God can bless them and prosper them, they'll, they'll be good conversation for you and good conversation with you as well. Toe the line, parents. Don't be afraid to be parents. Don't let your children run your life. Don't let them govern you. Don't let them govern you. Uh, they will if you let them, and then you will be working for the wicked one, and you will you will rule the day um, for that. They need you to uh, establish boundaries. They need you to establish parameters to model um, morality and ethics. They need you to. They need you to. And the, the big problem with our neo-Marxist cultural deconstructionism is that they have significantly destroyed the family and have put children in a position where they are operating in a self-destructive mode as well. It is a horrible time that you and I are living in, and God warned us about it as I read in Isaiah chapter 9. It's so critically important for you and I to, to understand this. Yes, as I was saying in my opening monologue before we go to the phone, so many things have been exposed, as I uh, uh, stated once again, the uh, Republican Party has been able to get the scientists who were backing Fauci in this scam of uh, the uh, jab that people have been forced to have to take unconstitutionally and have lost jobs and have lost relationships and have lost health and have lost life. We could spend a whole show now talking about the plethora of data coming in all around the world that inextricably ties this jab to all kinds of sicknesses, illnesses, from mild things to absolutely horrific sicknesses and even death. Uh, one very prominent, very prominent singer has uh, just uh, stated, actress, her name is Katrina Pavelek, um, has opted for assisted suicide following a COVID booster shot and its injuries to her. Slovakian model and actress Katrina Pavelek, known for her work on Fox Sports Live, the Mindy Project, uh, has died after choosing to end her own life through assisted suicide. 
Pavelek, whose final days were spent in Listio, Switzerland, had just previously received a Wuhan coronavirus booster shot, which she was told would help enhance her immune system. So wrong, so wrong. Instead, her health post injection deteriorated significantly, according to Evy Magazine. Like most people, Pavelek thought the jab would improve her immune system. Instead, it did the op opposite, and she suffered heavily as a result, the magazine said. Now, a lot of actors, a lot of entertainers have suffered as well. You guys know that. We are waiting with bated breath for Jamie Foxx to actually tell the truth about what happened to him. And uh, Ice Cube will tell you he had a major conversation with Joe Rogan about this, and they have isolated him and shut him down because he didn't bow the knee to this neo-giant uh, of a Babylonian idol uh, and worship at that the foot of a Big Pharma and uh, the World Health Organization, and now they want to block him out. But he's holding the line. He's made enough money. He'll do fine. But you got a lot of people ill and sick. I'm trying to remember the lady's name. She's, uh, you guys would know her. She had a great voice. She sung excellently. Her, she's reminded me, I'm reminded of her because of the lady here from Switzerland, this actor, uh, act, actress Katrina, Katarina Pavelek. This lady, her name is on my tongue. You know her great voice. Uh, but her voice was ruined by the jab as well, and she knows it, and she cannot sing and probably won't ever sing again because that was one of the symptoms. This is a horrible thing that has happened, but worse than that is the insistence that our government covers it up and continues to practice. Worse than that is when you do wrong, you don't admit that you are wrong and then begin to uh, work through that wrong to heal and remedy the problems that are going on. It's on the tip of my tongue. It'll come. I'll probably get it after the break. Anyhow, let me go to line number two and start the conversation with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hey, PJ, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's your thoughts on today's topic, my friend? Oh, man. Which one? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm a I'm gonna try to frame frame this one up. Uh, uh, you sort of began with uh, you know calling good evil and evil good, and you know that's where we are uh, in the world today. But I say uh, uh, much props out to uh, uh, to the African nation and our, uh, African brothers and sisters who are uh, you know taking a stand. And of course, the stand that they're taking is one of truth. So of course, the U.S. would have to uh, try to diss uh, Africa because, you know, they don't have anything in common. Uh, you know, the, the African, you know, nation leaders are listening to their people. Uh, obviously, in America, they're not. And, but we're still not without hope. You know, as radical as I am, you know, I believe anybody who's been in politics for or in D.C. or in the establishment for any extended period of time, you know, they need to go. You know, Absolutely. I'm much more of someone looking from the outside. I know how some people feel about Trump, but I think U.S. was much more respected when Trump was at the helm. I, mean, I could even look at, like, maybe Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, if I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, you got it. Probably even uh, uh, maybe, maybe Tim Scott. You know, I don't know the verdict still out because I still have to get some more information. Uh, uh, in uh, on you know you know said individuals, 
But at the end of the day, uh, yeah, we, we need to make a change. And, and, and the change needs to start at the top. We're too top-heavy. You know, of course, you know, my solution is radical. You know, take a wrecking ball to D.C. because the, the D.C. establishment, there's, there's overreach there, uh, even within the... Uh, within the rank and file, you know, if Schedule F needs to go into effect, you know, and just wipe out everything that's just not, you know, good with it and, you know, give the government back, you know, to the states where people maybe can feel like they have a voice. And I just want to say this, too, that we may not have the microphone, but we still have a voice. Uh, we, we still have a voice. And, and to be, you know, and, and for people to just be, you know, to keep, you know, uh, stay prayerful, uh, and because uh, we, we, we're not without hope. Excuse me, not without hope. Uh, not at I mean, all. Not well, at all. I want to well, hold well. you over to the break because I want to come back and just use you uh, as, a, um, as a sounding board for what I want to say about my observation of the Af African people and their um, dealing with uh, what we are collapsing up under, and that is the woke doctrine at the level of LGBTQIA. I want to share with you some of the insights that I've gotten from them. And I've been sending you guys out some clips. I hope you guys are listening to them and watching them uh, because these brothers are actually showing up and really expressing wisdom and prudence and insight in some of these matters. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 367 one Alicia, you hold on. Jermaine, you hold on. And James, you hold on. I want to finish up with you on Africa. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are at the time 621 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, I was talking with James from the Bay, pulling back up. James, um, uh, you, you you opened up remarking about our, our um, African brothers. I have been looking at a number of presentations over the last couple of weeks, and uh, the whole Uganda issue really put them back on the map, as you know, around homosexuality. Uh, did you know that the policy in Africa, particularly Uganda, around homosexuality, which was misrepresented by our media and obviously the left, particularly the woke left, that has no shame in misrepresenting, distorting, perverting anything that comes even close to the truth. You can see that in the mockery they make in the Senate hearings uh, these days. Um, but the president of Uganda is a brother that you want to listen to at length. Uh, I've sent some clips to you guys, which should have put you on the uh, stream of their sites. It's called the uh, Swahili Nation News. You can find them on YouTube, the Swahili Nation New News, and particularly you want to listen to the president of Uganda. <clears throat> I'm not recalling his name uh, uh, clearly right now, excuse me. <clears throat> and also you want to hear Dr. Lamumba, Dr. Lamumba from uh, Patrick Lamumba. From, um, from Kenya, absolutely stunningly gifted historian who sets so many things in the proper context in terms of uh, Africa's own problems. So there are two things here, and I want, want to hear your point before I let you go. One is uh, Africa, particularly its own leaders, know how corrupt their politicians are. They know the history of compromising African leaders, and the reason for which Africa has not been able to um, ascertain the capacity for being a top-notch 
nation represented at the United Nations and anywhere in the world is because when they get into relationships surreptitiously, like with America, like with Russia and China, the money never trickles down to the common people, and the common people are going to have to do something about it. But at least they know their wickedness. America does not know its sin, as God said concerning Israel. It does not know its sin, and it's living under its own self-deception. For instance, the president of Uganda did plenty of interviews. And I, I really, I want you guys to go watch him. Again, uh, Swahili News Network, uh, YouTube, catch the president and tell me, when you listen to him patiently dealing with the media, patiently dealing with the woke folk in his own, his own country, patiently explaining to them how he reasons, how he has investigated, how he has brought the doctors and the professors and the scientists together to expose the fact that there is no natural predisposition towards homosexuality that would automatically express itself in the adults, but rather is fundamentally nurture that brings about men and women wanting to take on an overt practice of homosexuality. I fully agree with that, and we know it's true biblically because it's called a sin. Otherwise, it wouldn't be called a sin. A sin is something that can be repented of, it can be acknowledged, it can be healed, it can be dealt with. In our crazy woke country, they don't want us to even acknowledge that, and this is why we have to fight against it. But here are the three stages of the Ugandan policy. They don't just punish homosexuality for men and women professing to be homosexuals. They're very tolerant with the uh, notion that people might consider themselves homosexual. They do call it deviant. They do call it perverse. They do call it sinful explicitly. They call it that. But they don't, they are a culture that doesn't care about what people do in their own closet. Now here comes the problem, and this is what the president of Uganda said. The moment you go to promoting it, we're going to punish you. You're not going to promote homosexuality in our country. We're going to punish you. Because you know what they've done? They've watched how America has been leavened by the leaven of the promotion of perversity, the promotion of sinful behavior, the promotion of adultery, fornication, and things of that nature. They know that the problem is at the level of promotion. They said if you promote it, you're going to be uh, put in jail. And if you try to sexualize children with your homosexuality, we're going to put you to death. So what the president said was, you can be a homosexual if you want to, but keep it to yourself. Keep it in your closet. As soon as you come out and try to witness and testify and evangelize and spread it around, we're going to put you in jail for 20 years. And if we find you messing with our youth, our minors, in sexual ways, we're going to put you to death. James, are you there? I'm right with you. I mean, it couldn't have been better said. And that's the way it pretty much uh, started over here. It started off in the closet because yeah. it was an illness. And yeah. then, and even in one of the videos you sent out, you know, he brought up 1974 and the American Psych uh, Psychiatric uh, Association, the DSM. You know, yes, this he did. 1974 from a mental illness, you know, and, and that's truly what it is. And yeah. we're the ones that don't understand and, and we hate. But no, it's it's really a, it's an illness. And 
it need I mean it, it needs to be dealt with it because we don't look at it as an illness and then they try to flip the story and say well it's a human rights uh issue but no basically it goes back to what the scripture said if the scripture said it's wrong it's wrong and like in Africa we try to promote it then uh we'll deal with you and if you if you mess with our children then you're out of here I mean in that scripture I mean yes, it is and that we have to go we have to hold to you know and even people who are not versed in their scripture they have a sense of no right and wrong you don't mess with the children I mean you you I mean, you saw the videos before you sent them to us. I mean, people that are not particularly God-fearing, you still don't mess with the children. I that's mean, that's, right. that's 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 hands-off. It's been that way. I mean, they used to have a special place, place in prison for people who did that. One, and, and, so, and by the way, even if you do end up in prison, you, you, you signed yourself over to a death warrant because they're going to get at you there, too, because all of this is anti-human anti-thriving behavior. Thank you for your com uh, com uh, commentary on that, James. I just wanted to bring that up yeah. for the people's audience. One of the reasons why I held back, as you know, about three, four, five weeks ago when it was brought up in our church, I said, no, leave it alone. Make sure we are very clear on the policy before we agree with it. We don't want to be like Saul of Tarsus commending to the death of Stephen. We don't want to do that. But we're very clear now on how the Ugandans have de dealt with this. I uh, am thankful for their their, their candor, their patience, their wisdom. I really love their character. That means you, you've caught up with the videos. I want everybody to catch up with those videos because they really show us how statesmen are, how um, wise men speak, how the absence of hubris, the absence of pride, the presence of humility, thoughtfulness, prudence. He, he uses his words carefully. He states it honestly. He understands the factors, and it shuts the mouth of the carping uh, woke left and their irrational ideological assertions. And once we start having uh, uh, statesmen and, and women uh, as well that are, are functioning with that same kind of clarity and insight, we will be better off also. I'm going to take one more break. I'll come back and pick up Elisa and Jermaine on the other side of the break. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. We do have two lines open if you want to join the conversation. one 367 5329 See, ladies and gentlemen, here's what's going on if you don't know it. Our government is saying to hell with the Bible. And that's what's going on with many Christians too. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are at the time, 634, in the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number one and talk talk to Lisa from Burlingame. Lisa, are you there? Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's going on? Hey, um, I just wanted to lift up the, uh, that young sister that talked about um, the tattoos in church and the messaging. Sure. Uh, what a, a beautiful, edifying response from her. Yeah. It's, uh, don't blame someone else on your, you know, on your walk. Right. And it was just beautiful to see someone that young um, own it. And yep. it just gives, yep. gives one great, great uh, hope and faith that, you know, she puts the word out there and um, people follow that, that salt and light narrow I path. Agree. Right. I, I agree. I agree. You know, we, I mean, part of the witness, as you know, is, 
you know, telling people when we've done wrong. I mean, that's part of the witness. That's actually a helpful part. Because um, you can imagine, you know, the tattoo thing being very filled with all kind of different pathways given what kind of tattoos people are putting on their bodies. So that is definitely a conversation starter, no doubt. But if, if the younger believers are able to um, turn that conversation into something that would say, hey, you know, I... You know, me, we too were foolish and, and unlearned and, and unwise and following after diverse lusts until God showed us grace. And now we want to be much more honorable with our bodies, which are his. Beautiful. And then it, yeah. it just kind of reminded me her her disposition mm-hmm. about the African leaders. I listened to that. What, what amazing. I mean, yeah, just they're just so calm and confident and just. Uh, I guess confident in confidence in their walk with God and they're able to articulate without getting loud and obnoxious and ugly and even though the the reporters have kept pushing them and they're just like you know um, the gay gayness is from um, poverty and yeah. the prostitution yeah and then and then the, the Biden administration or America wants to cut off their aid their eighth aid and which is helping their poverty. So we see the cycle. Yeah. So I just think it's another, you know, beautiful light and all darkness will come to light. And um, just so many bad things out there, but there's so many beautiful things too. And the beautiful things like just like that young sister, yeah. I mean, that cancels out like thousands of dark things. I agree. And so I, I, I agree. So and I also bright. want to thank you for, um, for watching to those African presentations. I hope all of my my non-African brothers and sisters are doing it like you are, Lisa. And the only reason I wanted to share it, you already know because we're getting to know each other, is because of what I wanted to do was show us how people on the outside are looking at us and seeing how we are peddling and merchandising this corruption around the world. It was was, um, Kamala Harris that went to Uganda, went to Kenya, went around trying to tell the African countries what to do as if, you know, America is the top dog, you know, on morals and ethics, by the way. And and, and we know where Kamala came from. I mean, she, you know, where do we want to start with the massive hypocrisy um, going on here and trying to tell the African countries, you need to follow our line. You need to follow suit. You need to do what we say. And by the way, if you don't, we're going to take money away from you. I mean, I, it, and again, I thank you for watching the president of Uganda because his calmness, his poise, and his laughter, it, it it makes you admire him. You know what I mean? You just admire him for not you know, going off on on the vice president or or the president. You know, it's just it's really good, really good. I'll give you the last word before I let you go. And then I was just because of the whole thing with the uh, with Bill Gates and the massive yes. vaccinations and what he's done to the African nation. And there's people in my neighborhood that are you know that oh you know my sister's husband works for the Gates Foundation and they're going. And I'm like oh my gosh, how corrupt can you be? And they're still so asleep. So, yeah. I, you know, all, all darkness will be lit up. And, you know, being a believer is just so much peace in that. And we don't have a timetable. We just wait on the Lord and stay stay in his, stay under his feet. And we know that God is great and he's great all the time. 
So praise the Lord. Listen, you are in a good place. I love that framework. I love that perspective you are demonstrating right there, Lisa, because this is how um, the believer um, frames what's going on. We can see the light in the darkness, and, and we're and we're meant to do it because we're called children of light. So we can see all of these these glimmers and these flashes of of light, even though we have to deal with a lot of darkness. There's a lot of light there. And, and so I'm glad that we all get to share that. I'm glad I do. I'm glad I, I got a lot of people that listen and, and a lot of people that pick up the material and get it because I want us to be able to have a healthy equilibrium in discerning. I want us going to the extreme of all darkness and we don't want to be deluded by thinking it's all light. It's a balance between the two because it's a warfare that we're dealing with, but we do have the victory in Christ. Listen, thank you for your call. We'll see you soon. Let me go to line number three and talk with Jermaine from Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, what's going on, man? What's your thoughts? Well, just, um, you know, reflecting on the African parliament, I have been paying attention, and I was actually wondering if a lot of what we're seeing is is uh, like a modern form of, I guess, proper theocracy, because I know it's a lot of scripture reading, and it seems like uh, those gentlemen over there are very, very resolute in what they believe. And I know they're being painted out to be vi villains by the media, which is, is kind of comical because when you see them, the composure, the intelligence that they do have, they they kind of refute a lot of that. But I was just wondering, you know, I saw the uh, picture that was circulating around where they, they had like a 60-year-old man who was twerking in front of kids at the New York Pride Parade. And that's something that, to me, that's just a sign of insanity to the fact that any parents would be okay to let their children watching a grown senior citizen in his, his underwear simulating sexual acts and no one's saying anything. But, you know, when you see stuff like that, then uh, that African parliament starts to look real good. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in complete uh, agreement with you on those observations. This is why I sent them out, and I've been just, I've been watching them, I've been thanking God for the uh, Ugandan leadership, for the um, Rwandan leadership, for the Kenyan leadership. I'm waiting for Nigeria to come on board. They're still out of the way, but what's really wonderful about what you're hearing with those other leaders is they aren't buying in the, into the, the divide and conquer mentality. They're working on overcoming their own intrinsic tribalism because a lot of their tribalism is a consequence of Western influence and policy, as you would know. The, the next one would have been the homosexual agenda. They're already divided ethnically, as they would call it, tribally. They're already divided uh, from colonial imperialism geographically. They're working on overcoming that because their eyes are opening to the reality that their divisions were fictitious and fabricated by Western powers. Now the Western powers want to punish them if they don't engage in this overt perversion. And you are absolutely right. You can tell that the leaders largely are still very biblically oriented, very soundly um, <clears throat> conscientious of a biblical worldview. They're not preachy because they are also using the discipline of logic. I told you, you can't be the thinking man. And they're using the discipline of science. So between theology, between logic, 
a philosophy and a science when you get science right when you don't let when you don't use science as a tool for perversion then you can you can shine brightly in a world of reprobates uh misfits greedy criminal minded uh um, anti-intellectuals who who present themselves as intellectuals as you and i know and and this is the other aspect uh germane for me of the blessing that came out of COVID this whole COVID pandemic, because the lie that it is allowed many of us to go deeper into our research through different veins of uh, infrastructure and structural uh, systems in our world to recognize that they have been largely captivated by the same overarching uh, oligarch, plutocracy, and uh, fascistic uh, uh, neo-scientific systems that they are trying to implement around the world, i.e. Bill Gates, i.e. the World Economic Forum, i.e. Davos, i.e. the United Nations, and many other uh, people to boot. And, and sadly, our country seems to be spearheading much of that. And when a person has his eyes open to the reality that there's a hierarchy to this deception, this goes back to Yuri Bezmenov's ideological subversion, and you would know it, the ideological subversion starts first at the propaganda level, pervert them for 40 years with propaganda that leads to demoralization. And America appears to be, right along with England, to be the most demoralized country in the world. It is perverse. And now it's showing its sin like Sodom and adamantly expressing it like Gomorrah, as we read here in Isaiah chapter 3. And the world is seeing the nakedness of America's perversion and the power dynamics are shifting. And this is what America, now I, I guarantee you the next thing they wanna do, which is always what the bully wants to do, is go to war. I guarantee you the next thing you're gonna hear, since you can't win the battle intellectually, since you won't win the battle morally, since you don't have humility to uh, compromise, so now you're gonna play the dynamic of war. Since you can't scare the African people by saying you're gonna take away the money, now you're going to want to use war as a threat. You're going to, which they have always done. You know that. And the the African nations know that many of their countries were bought and paid for by money from the U.S., the U.N., etc., to create division and wars and tribal conflicts, etc., in Africa, which they are working on to um, correct. And only if America would come come to understand the divisions that we have in our own country, which are largely fabricated by politicians who are dividing and conquering as well, we might begin a turnaround in this country. I'm gonna give you the last word before I let you go. Right, I completely concur. And uh, you know, you see a lot of systems in places, the, the vaccine system, which they tried to give my wife before birth, they tried to you know, convince everywhere you go, there's these uh, twisted rainbows. It, it seems like a lot of demonic systems align with each yes. other. So when you go against the norm, you stand on biblical principles, you tend to stand out. And, and I'm proud of those brothers and everyone else around the world standing up. Amen. All right. Is mama doing okay? Did, are we, are we, where well, she's are we? doing great. Excellent. I'll talk to you soon. Got to take a hard break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back the time, 6.51 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And uh, our topics were great. I, I enjoyed the calls. I enjoyed your commentary. Um, 
let me just revisit a few things. He, we got a call from our sister Leslie, who was part of a movement in the Bay Area trying to get men and women to wake up to the reality that in order to maintain our freedoms, uh, we we have to work, we have to get involved, we have to participate. It's so really true. The Again, the goal of our government has been now for some 40, 50, 60 years to turn itself into a nanny state, and that is into a... Uh, a relationship dynamic with the people <clears throat> in America where they promise you everything, but the trade-off is your slavery, your bondage, their control over you. And that's, we're almost there. We're almost at a welfare state. Um, I know there are lots of good Americans that are saying, no, BJ, we're not. We can, we can fight this. I agree. But I mean, from the standpoint of the growing divide between the wealthy and the poor, which the pandemic exponentially increased that. If we were to look at economics, there were hundreds of brand new billionaires made and multiple trillionaires became excessive trillionaires over that period of time, while the middle class shrank significantly around the world and here in America. You want to know what the conditions are for a totalitarian system, for a, uh, a communist system? It's when everybody is poor, that's called the commons, and the government has all the wealth, power, government, control, government, uh, structure, government uh, implementation. It's a fundamental welfare state. That is the lie of the neo-Marxist agenda. You will have nothing and be happy about it, coming from the globalist. The battle that you and I are fighting is a battle between nationalism, a love for our own country, which is what I said the Africans are starting to do, nationalism, a love for our own country, and globalism, which our uh, present administration, along with many of the deep administrative state, uh, historically career politicians, have chosen to side with the globalists. And they really think they're going to conquer. They really do. This is why they went over to Africa to try to tell the Africans, you've got to do what we say. you got to let your kids be gay. You have to let them be open to express their sexuality at three years old. you got to be open to a neo-civil rights movement that allows them to uh, have sex changes. You've got to embrace the new science around this being a legitimate category of uh, ontological existence. You've got to embrace this neo, um, postmodern, irrational, everything is a social construct. Let me speak to that for a few minutes. My church already knows this. I don't think yours do. I don't think your pastors are seriously committed to understanding worldviews. Otherwise, they would be much more solidly apologetic. Somehow the churches think that it can just kind of be quiet and think that this stuff won't pervade, intervene, and come into their churches. But your members are a very product of the society. And where your leadership does not have an understanding of the times, does not discern the present battles going on in terms of uh, uh, intellectual idols, ideological um, heresies, and systems that militate against the word of God, then um, you're going to you're going to be inadequately equipped to be able to deal with the subtle arguments that are coming under the Trojan horse 
of uh, civil rights and social justice and woke ideology. And by the time you do fight it, you've already been invaded by men and women in your congregation that has dismantled the authority of scripture at the level of a hierarchy where the pastor now feels like he has the right to install women to be elders and pastors, where the pastor now think it's all right for the elders and deacons to not be biblically qualified men who have demonstrated commitment to the word of God and character at the level of having wives and families that become models of the church, of Christ and the church. So when you corrupt leadership, as was in the days of King Solomon, with, um, with, with King Solomon's sons, Rehoboam uh, and Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a horrible king that raised up the basis of men, and God divided Israel in those days. That's what we're dealing with now. Division in our country is the consequence of the invasion of Trojan horse ideology that has militated against the word of God since the days of Genesis 3 when Satan said, had not God said, and Eve succumb. This is why women shall not rule or usurp authority over the men, but to be in silence, as also said the scriptures. For Adam was created first, not the woman. And the woman was in the transgression, not Adam. The many of your pastors teach that Adam was right there when Eve was talking to the serpent. I challenge you to prove that that's the case. Because Adam would have been guilty to listen to the serpent talking to his wife. But Paul made it very clear he was not in the transgression. He would have been in the transgression if he had heard that. When Eve ate the fruit, she took it and gave it to him so that he ate with her later on. And so he was complicit. But he wasn't in the transgression. The woman, Eve, was deceived. And that's what's going on today. When you see the turning of things upside down, when you see this kind of wholesale uh, uh, inversion of authority, we know that the enemy is on the throne. And he's on the throne in America. The next president will be either a woman, I would say a homosexual, but we're starting to get credible evidence around that having already been the case. We already had a homosexual in the White House. You can work that through. Um, or a transgender person. And somehow we're going to promote, promote that to the world as good. This is where you are in your country because we have abandoned the word of God. David says, the transgressions of the wicked saith within my heart, there's no fear of God. But in reality, God is slow, but God is sure in his punishment of the wicked. And judgment must first begin at the house of God. Then where will the ungodly and the sinner appear, the Bible says. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I would uh, recommend you get your Bible out and read it and ask the Holy Ghost to give you a conviction of what's right. Does the righteous will stand in the judgment? The wicked will be blown away like the chaff. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, your host, Jesse Gistan. We're getting ready to wind down this program. So glad to have been with you on this day. Thank you, Father for giving us grace to tell the truth one more time. Thank you for the humility, the boldness, the um, discipline and accuracy, the uh, carefulness that we have with men and women. We want to see them saved. We want men and women to repent. We want them to turn from their evil and wicked ways and call upon the Lord while he is near. Uh, the Lord will abundantly pardon. But be not mocked. Be not, uh, God is not mocked. Whatsoever men sows, that shall he also reap. Until next time, the Lord bless you, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. 
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.